0: WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. It is the Michelin Challenge, a Michelin Endurance Challenge weekend at Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. Fabulous to have your company wherever you are in the world. John Heindorf, Shea Adam, our VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock reporter and Jeremy Shaw joins me here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast uh, Centre as well. Let's catch up first of all. And by the way, welcome to all of you Uh, To uh, who are listening on 98.1 FM, which is Road Atlanta FM. Dave Miller, as ever, uh, with the world's greatest sound system and the FM frequency on air as well. Dave, sorry that we can't talk to you in person uh, in terms of being able to just look into the little room and talk to you, but good to know that we are going out nice and loudly around uh, Michelin uh, Raceway Road Atlanta as well. Uh, First of all, Shay, let's catch up with a bit of news 28 entries here in this vp racing fuels a pit and paddock update uh, give me a rundown of uh, who's here more importantly i suppose who isn't and um, what changes there have been
1: well the first and probably the biggest story in terms of who's not there would be the 38 performance tech for the lmp2 category Cameron Castles, who came into this weekend as the points leader in LMP2 not participating this weekend, basically because he couldn't get a permit of exemption to be able to travel back and forth between the United States and Canada where he lives. He's got four young children. He would have to basically be in quarantine until December if he continued to travel for each of the race weekends. So he's elected to focus instead more on the LMP3 uh, championship. Fewer weekends away, i.e. fewer necessary trips to spend time by yourself instead of with the kids. So we are down to two LMP2 cars this weekend, the ERA number 18 and, of course, the 52 for PR1 Matheson. In terms of some of the people who are here, we welcome back the number 11, the Grasser Racing Team. They were out and about yesterday admiring all the other GTD cars in the category uh, while setup was going on some big of the stories that we've got in terms of what to look for this weekend well lexus is one that we have to look at because it has been such a strong season so far for the team as a whole the AVS grouping they've split aaron Tielitz and jack Hawksworth for this race now this duo has been driving together in all of the sprint rounds so far in this championship But Aaron returns back to the number 12, which is his home and was his home for the endurance races previous to this one. It means that the duo that drive together in terms of going for the sprint championship are now separated and the overall championship has the ability to change where Aaron could jump ahead of Jack in points. Jack right now tied in terms of the lead for the championship with the number 86 Acura of MSR. And on a conference call earlier this weekend, a zoom call where Jack Hawksworth was on with Matt McMurray. As a matter of fact, there was a little bit of fun and games, some head games being played between the drivers. Well, on the first practice session earlier this morning, there was very nearly a collision between Alexis and that Acura as Frank Montecalvo was on a fast lap and Matt McMurray was leaving the pit lane. The two met each other at an inopportune moment at the far end of the circuit. But other than that, we, we had a pretty clean first session. There were more brake issues for the number 23 heart of racing Aston Martin. And the six was the one car that didn't turn a flying lap. Now that's Acura Team Penske, the defending champions in DPI for Dane Cameron and Juan Pablo Montoya as the green flag is out, by the way, on this session. It was a right-sized turbocharger issue. The team managed to get it changed. They should be good for this practice session, but it means we're going to have to watch out for that six car because they have a lot of time to make up, John.
0: Thank you, Cher. Jeremy Shaw here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre for the TireRack.com Grand Prix here at Michelin. Raceway Road Atlanta. Uh, Shame that there's a few people missing, but as we have said throughout uh, the uh, time we've been on the air, Jeremy, in this restarted season, let's celebrate those who have managed to get out here. All all entries gratefully accepted, and, and to be honest, to have somewhere near 30 cars again, IMSA and the team should be complimented, and you know we've got a proper race weekend and a busy race weekend, not just with WeatherTech
2: uh, here at Road Atlanta. Completely agree with you, John. Uh, good, good day, morning, evening, afternoon, wherever anybody else happens to be listening in. Super to have you with us. And you're right, it is a good entry. Yeah, you know, P2. It's such a shame. I think P2 was looking really, really good this year until COVID-19 came on the scene. Uh, and as uh, Shea was probably you out there with Cameron Castles. Um, and the performance sec team not not here this weekend, just down to the two cars for Era Bonosworth and PR1 Matters. And good to see, by the way, uh, a youngster there, Scott Hafaker, making his debut in the Intel Tech Sports Car kind of Championship, just 21 years of age from Northern California. He's a talent, I think, to watch for the future. Um and uh, you know, just talking back briefly to Cameron Castles. I reckon the main reason he didn't want to go uh, uh, have the problems with the quarantine is that otherwise he wouldn't he would have, he wouldn't have been able to go karting with the kids, which he does on a regular basis. So, yeah, you know, he's a family man, isn't he, uh, Cameron? Great, great guy, uh, but he does love his karting with the kids. and I, I know he would really, really miss that one. But no, on a more serious note, it, it is a good entry. And it's interesting to me, John, that some of the uh, prototype teams uh, have elected to go with two drivers in a car, some with three for the six-hour race. Uh, all of the GTLM teams are, are going with just two drivers. And that's something we, which we see not always the case with these six-hour race, which, of course, should have been at Watkins Glen. But uh, again, due, due to COVID-19, that's why we're running the six-hour race here. Sponsored by com Great to have them on board this weekend at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta.
0: Yeah, and I'm pleased you mentioned that because that is a good point. This is a six-hour race. It also means that the Michelin Pilot Challenge uh, to tomorrow uh, sorry on sunday i'll come back to that in a second because that's also important uh, that is a four hour event one of two four hours for the michelin pilot challenge at one at daytona one normally at watkins glen um, but that shifted as that whole weekend has been to here and you will notice i said michelin pilot challenge on sunday the weather tech race is saturday the weather tech race once again on saturday remember we swapped at vir Uh, for a number of logistical reasons for members of uh, the various of the WeatherTech teams who are involved in the Indy 500. Uh, Here, it is Saturday race again for the WeatherTech Championship and a Sunday race for Michelin Pilot. And we've got Lamborghini with two races and Porsche with two races as well over the weekend. All of the races covered live uh, and plus we'll have qualifying for the WeatherTech SportsCar Championship as well later on today. Weather is pretty good at the moment. Track temperature 49 degrees Celsius in the air, 32. Quite humid, 60% humidity. Sun is shining. It looks to be a lovely Atlanta or Road Atlanta day. Limited amount of spectators have been allowed through the gates and you'll be listening in on Road Atlanta FM on 98.1 around the circuit. This is a, or it started off as being a, a 1 hour and 15 minute session and this year is the session that I always get um, really confused at because this is the <laughs> split, split session where part of the, the session is for one class, part of the cl- session is for another and the middle yeah. bit is an all-skate. That's the best way I can describe it.
1: The first 15 minutes are for bronze and silver drivers in LMP2 and GTD only. They may only drive, like no gold, no platinum, only the, for the first 30 minutes of the session. The last 15 minutes of the session is for DPI and GTLM only. So all the cars that are out now will have to be parked up and you know getting ready for qualifying. So it is very much a broken session across the board, but it out nicely because right now it gives a lot of the drivers who are out there an opportunity for a clean and clear mock quality run which remember comes up at the end of day. so it's not like they have that much time to get their car set up the way they want
0: and this has become the norm now jeremy to be honest that you know you you get one you get a couple of free practice sessions but it's a shorter weekend again for the weather tech uh, racing teams first time they rolled was earlier today they get this fp2 session no short fp3 session as we would have had in quote unquote normal times just to tweak everything for qualifying then it's qualifying put the cars away for the night and then go racing tomorrow and it does require a slightly different approach
2: to things yeah, and and of course no warm up either. I mean, yeah, the track point. time is, is very limited, and for a six hour race, when you've got three drivers in the car, many of the well, quite a few of the drivers haven't done anything at all, uh, or, or not much this season. Olivier Pla, I, I believe, hasn't driven a racing car since the Rolex Twenty Four at Daytona. Uh, okay, he's, he's been on the sim a fair amount, I'm sure. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later as well, but uh, but uh, that's not the same as being out on a racetrack, and so yeah, it is a it is definitely a factor for these teams to have such little preparation going into this six-hour race.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I mean Olivier is consummate professional, um, and he's you know sometimes he will understand he's not going to get a lot of laps, but having not had uh, very much driving in the last few months. He will want to get back out, get the belts tightened down and just remind himself what it feels like. So, take us at the moment. We've had ten cars out. Uh, make that nine cars out because I'm pretty certain that um, LMP2 car wasn't supposed to have been out. No, uh, it was. Uh, oh, yes, of course it was. Yes, of course it was. So, that was Patrick Kelly in the PR1 matheson yeah. Robbie Foley went out and is out for the GT Turner, Turner Motorsport BMW M6 after a successful weekend. He leads the GTDs from Gar Robinson from Riley Motorsport in the AMG GT3. It's the number 74 car, top of the hill, turn two, and heading down through the Signature S's. Gorgeous day at Road Atlanta. Then Steen Hurst here for GRT Grasser, who are back in the championship, For the first of two Lamborghinis, the GRT Magnus car, John Potter, uh, sitting in behind them in fifth position on the timing screen, fourth in class. Uh, And then Ian James for Heart of Racing, Aston Martin Vantage GT3. If you haven't seen their little film that they did in between rounds, search it out. Uh, Jeremy, I know, uh, tweeted it earlier on. I put it on the collective and tweeted it. Um... Absolutely goosebump-inducing. I, I I did the voiceover without having seen the pictures, and it's stunning. Absolutely stunning. They've raised millions of dollars uh, through their racing, and whilst they've been racing uh, for Seattle Children's uh, Heart Hospital, and it's a very good cause indeed. Seventh, Frankie Monte Calvo, and eighth, uh, Michael De for Ian Vassell Sullivan. That's twelve and fourteen. You just back in the pits, actually. Uh, Madison Snow is out for the 48 Paul Miller racing team, who uh, did, as we reported on Midweek Motorsport, but this is the first time we've been on RS2, uh, did fail post-race tech at VIR. So their result was taken away. It was uh, a mistake by the team, and it was a fuel infraction in terms of how much was in the tank. Uh, and the Acura of uh, Shinji Machini's been out at least for one lap and back around again as the WeatherTech 63 is out of the pit lane and back toward being pushed back into its awning at the moment and that car, I don't think, has turned a lap yet, Sheer. No, it hasn't.
1: Nope. Uh, that's Jeff Westfall credited as being behind the wheel though so I'll send Cooper a text now.
2: It's done an outlap, uh, and that's it. Uh, it, ha- it has been out onto the I racetrack. I see, yes, got but, you. Uh, as you say, come right back in again and, and back to the garage. Yes, that's not good.
0: And So that's come out of pit lane. For those of you that know Road Atlanta, the WeatherTech pit lane is on driver's right. You access that just over the top of the brow of the hill uh, and then wind your way down the hill sort of parallel to the final corner and turn into pit lane on driver's right on the start-finish line. Well, they've had to... Drive all the way through pit lane uh, to Wards pit out where there's an exit back into the paddock, and uh, then it's uh, it has it did look to me as so though it came up under its own steam uh, behind the hot pit, which is uh, you can't get between. There's a chain link fence there, and then was pushed back into its awning in the paddock itself. So something a little bit worrying there for the number 63. That's the WeatherTech. Ferrari getting ready for their assault on Le Mans of course one of a couple of IMSA teams that are going over there uh, including Ricci with an all French team which includes Plar actually and coming up in the in next week we'll be starting our countdown to Le Mans it is the month of Le Mans, we're in September and Haggerty Radio Le Mans will be on the air from the Thursday of race week every single piece of action on Thursday Friday, Saturday and Sunday from Free Practice 1 to beyond the checkered flag on Haggerty Radio Le Mans on RS1, one of the companion chal- channels to RS2 IMSA Radio. Can't wait for that. Really looking forward to that race. And then following in quick succession, Nürburgring 24, so working out our coverage for that. And then, of course, Petit Le Mans coming in early October. So still plenty of long-distance endurance racing on the radio, show at the network of audio and video, video channels to come. Out on the circuit, back out on the circuit, the number 12 car, currently driven by Frankie Monte Calvo, best of a 122, 120.4, credited to the Wright mm. Motorsports Porsche, Jeremy. Uh, how yeah. does, how does that? That's, that seems to be a decent time to me.
2: Yeah, it's a good lap certainly. Yeah, it's quicker. The, the fastest time this morning was set by Andy Lally in the GRT Magnus Lamborghini Countach 44 1 minute 20.5. Uh, if we look at look back at lap records, the race lap record was set last year by Shinimichimi actually at a 119.7. Uh, the qualifying lap record also set last year by Corey Lewis, also in a Lamborghini, so certainly a track that has suited Lamborghini for the last couple of years uh, at a 119.530. So that's the benchmark we're looking for, 119.5. Uh, but for Jan Halen, uh, getting back behind the wheel of this uh, GT3R, um, he's been driving this year regularly in a GT4 uh, 718 Cayman in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Uh, but this is the first time back in a GT3 car for for a little while, and uh, a good lap by him there, 120.479 quickest in this session so far in GT. Jeremy Shaw, Shea Adam is
0: our VP Racing Fuel pit and paddock reporter as we're coming down to the last minute or so of this first 15, um, and we don't. Uh, do we get a checkered flag at the end of this year, or do we?
1: Nope. No, it's it's just sort of understood that everybody else is allowed to go out. There is another green flag that waves, though, for the GTLM and the DPI cars. And can I just say, I love Michelin Raceway Road, Atlanta. The PA speakers are so good that Cooper McNeil actually texted me before I could pick up my phone to text him. So drivers, I know you're listening. Uh, Cooper says, that it is an overboost issue with the turbos. wastegate once again, so the same issue that caused them grief at BIR is now striking again, which means that they're going to go back to the garage, take care of this, not risk blowing the engine and get everything sorted, because e, Duff, Westfall and Tony Villander are all winners of the Petit Le Mans. They know how to drive full around road Atlanta. They just need to make sure that the car is there too.
0: Yeah, and the other part of that is, of course, that the boost is something that's monitored in real time by IMSA Technical and it, it could potentially uh, put them out of compliance so what they don't mm. want to do is attract the wrath of IMSA Technical either not good for the engine, not good for their uh, potential uh, in the race weekend and that Jeremy um, that, that's a bit worrying That they, because you know no team would do that deliberately nowadays there's nowhere to hide with the technology that's Employed, and they all know what they've got to do, uh, and that would be a bit of a worry because they will have set that before they went out.
2: Yeah, very much so. Uh, and, Shay, was that problem also it manifesting itself in the first session earlier on because the car only did six laps in the first free practice session a little while ago? Uh, I will ask the question, but it certainly yeah. was not a surprise to them. Yeah. No, but, the, I mean, six laps only completed by Tony lander at least on the official scoring. Uh, neither... Uh, jeff Westall, nor cooper mcneil were able to get out at all for uh, for cooper you know he's got a lot of tr- lot of experience around here he's also raced last weekend actually Cooper he won another couple of ferrari challenge races i believe he leads that championship fairly handily now for jeff Westall, he's another of the guys in this field who's also going to be driving in the Michelin pilot challenge series race on sunday as well it's weird having these back to front weekends isn't it with the <laughs> Michigan pilot challenge after the weather tech race uh, but he's sort of kind of got his head around, get his head around that. Because he's already had a couple of practice sessions in the GT3 Audi for the Car with Peregrine Racing team. Again, he still um, is well. He actually doesn't lead the championship now. He's defending series champion, uh, but he doesn't lead that championship now because they had a. a uh, some problems in the last time out at VIR, and they've now uh, just been pipped in the points at this stage in the season And weird isn't it coming to Road Atlanta normally we come to Road Atlanta for the final race of the season now we're coming to the halfway point in the season
0: yeah it's a good point but we will be back for the full Petit Le Mans um, I have heard some of the teams and the PRs and uh, even some of the uh, the Michelin staff calling this Petit Petit um, <laughs> which, which I quite like actually uh, but it, it is uh, rightly, we should be uh, calling this the uh, uh, Michelin Endurance Challenge Weekend at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, just down the road, really, from Michelin's headquarters up here, across the border with South Carolina at uh, Greenville. And I know there's a lot of Michelin staff, it's been a busy time for them having to react to COVID. Changing some of their production worldwide to help out with a variety of personal protective equipment and other medical equipment as well. And fair play to Michelin and all the uh, suppliers within motorsport who reacted to that in the earlier part of this year. Now getting back to their core business of making race and street tyres. I should say street and race tyres, but as we're at a racetrack, I'm thinking about the the race tyres, and they are going to be bringing some new race tyres in this weekend for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. We'll tell you all about that uh, when we get into that on Sunday. But an extraordinary amount of development that has continued through the difficult periods uh, for, for Michelin. And with a bit of luck, and if the technology all works, uh, we'll be talking to Ken Payne from Michelin in the Michelin Countdown in Green, on saturday tomorrow before the six hour race when we'll uh, take you through the porsche keys to the race and jeremy will have the grid for you as well and we'll point out things to watch within that race which is tomorrow as jeremy says tomorrow the 28 cars will be running eight in detona product international and the dpi's are now allowed out onto the circuit and Acura team Penske have come out to play early. Dan Cameron in the six. Elio Castro Neves in the number seven. And we've known for a little while now, if you are just joining us or perhaps have forgotten, it's like uh, Penske, Penske and Acura relationship will end at the end of this season, Jeremy. Which is, not in fact, when it was... That, I mean, that was the first... That was the contract, so it's not as if anything's happened early. Uh, but that does leave the way open for other teams, even privateer teams, potentially to to
2: run these cars in 21. It does. I can't see them being running by a privateer team, probably, but uh, it certainly does, and, and it would be great to see because these cars are, are, are fast. Uh, they are, you know, they they won the championship last season, so you know, what more can can be said? Interesting that the, the, I don't know what the problem was, but number six car. It's good to see that car out now because again, that was another car that only did. A couple of laps, uh, I think a couple of in and out laps for each of the drivers this morning. No representative time set by the number six in FP1. i we'll have get
1: that
0: you. for you. I was just about to say I'll get share on it, but even as yeah. as we ask uh, well, our I... VP Paddy Porter says.
1: I asked one of the drivers after the session what was wrong and he said oh it was a problem but we found it so then i went to dan layton who is just great and has all the answers and it was uh the right side turbocharger issue with that car that was the issue uh so they went out they did i think three or four in and out laps before they realized what the issue actually was took it back to the garage got it fixed and now it's out and running so i'm really glad to see that six turning some laps they need the track time
0: uh, at Imser underscore uh, sorry at IMSA Radio if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter at IMSA Radio and that will put you on the screen in front of me it will do at least when I move that column uh, across just a little bit uh, I was woefully underprepared it would have seemed for this start <laughs> for this session it's the one thing I forgot to do hello to Sarah Rigby tuned in listening uh, and cheering on the Aston Martin of Heart of Racing and good to see Darren Turner added to that squad, returning to Road Atlanta works Aston driver, Aston Martin ambassador and hello to JMH as well, who's listening in, Sarah's in the home of Bentley and some great news for Bentley followers Sarah lives just outside a crew in the northwest of England, Bentley have managed to get back into the international GT challenge with their private teams, their customer teams scoring points if they're not there with the Malcolm Wilson Motorsport cars so that's good news for them we'd love to see them in GT Daytona here got Paul Williams on the show on Midway Motorsport next week, we'll ask him that put some pressure on again see if we can get the GT3s here they do like to run at the front of a field in fairness and go for the overall victory it's a bentley thing i understand that
2: yeah but they're not doing it this year are they they've, they've no. been running over here the last few years and uh, in the in the sro series and it's gone moderately well but to those cars those flying lizard cars are in, uh, in europe this year aren't they
0: uh well they Kit cars are, are going to be running uh, back in the states and and scoring the points oh, in, they are? in the US rounds. Yeah, that's the cha- that's the slight change of, of plan, um, and so they are going to be able to, to get their manufacturer points there. Uh, and I think they the works cars are going to go to Kyalami, and the European teams are going to go at the 25 hours as far as it will be because the clocks change in the middle <laughs> of the race. And I don't think they'd realised that. And they realised that it was harder for them to reprogram the timing and scoring and take the hour into having the same hour twice in the middle of the night, effectively. Um, so they just extended it basically to a 25-hour race. <laughs> Hello to El Purry from the West Coast, Anybody which is the best... Because that, by the way? Sorry? Anybody complaining? Well, uh, sure somebody, somebody will complain. Uh, hello, the to El Perry on the the West Coast, which is the best coast, of course, as El says. Tuned into IMSA Radio on RS2, where we still have uh, just over fifty-one minutes to go, people. To Rani has gone to the top with a 109.9. How does that compare, Jeremy, to what we might expect to see later in the weekend and in qualifying?
2: Uh, again, a couple of tenths quicker, coincidentally, than uh, people managed this morning. Incidentally, all three drivers this morning, uh, Felipe Nasser, Pippa Durani and Philippe Albuquerque, were, were set a time within a tenth of a second of each other. Oh, wow. At, at the front, the, the quickest car this, this morning. It's very interesting, isn't it? Uh, yeah, the, the lap record was a 1.8, set last year by uh, Felipe Nasser. So we're almost a second away from... That less than a second away from that now. Yeah. Quick assignment just now. 192. One one nine 192 is just gone now. So, uh, with, yeah, just less than half a second now. Uh, Felipe Dazza, then 108.869 was the race lap record last year. And uh, Felipe also on the pole here. It was very much a Cadillac uh, show, wasn't it, here one year ago. Uh, Felipe Dazza, a uh, poll position last year, 1 minute 8. 0.457 that's an average speed of 133 and a half miles an hour and remember of course out. that was for the Petit Le Mans, the
0: Motul Petit Le Mans meeting which was in uh, a little bit later on in the year but weather conditions very similar track temperature now 50 degrees Celsius 32 degrees uh, in the air humidity still hovering around about the 60 percent mark. G T Labob we haven't mentioned. Corvette on a roll at the moment and continue to stamp their authority. Four from three. Milner from Garcia. 117.7 from 117.8. So nothing to choose between them and another 0. 0.35 0. 0.035 of a second behind. Fred Markovecki for Porsche. Two tenths further back. The first the BMW's Bruno Spengler then back to John Edwards then it's Earl Bamber so what's that so that's a 1.177 to a 1.183 so Mm. again still only about half a second between uh, all of the field there yeah Uh, it's looking pretty tight as ever Nothing can stop the Corvette roller coaster, or they call it Corvette Road Train at the moment, uh, Jeremy. They're on a rich fade of form since they took them so long to get go from ninety-nine to hundred, and now they can't keep up with the stickers on the car. It's—it's it's
2: spinning, it's spinning round like a random number generator crazy isn't it four in a row We're up to 103 now already having gone, gone a couple of years uh, and now it's like London buses they all come in a row team, not, teams not complaining about that interestingly uh, as you say that 107 uh, 117 7 and 117 8 Uh, those are almost identical times that corvette set this morning when they were in the uh, fourth and fifth positions on the chart it was the portions that were quickest this morning at 117.5 and as i say that antonio garcia just improves in number three corvette to 117.3 so that is the fastest time of the weekend so far still a long long way from the lap record oh Uh, the whoops Uh, And that is Stephen Simpson for JDC Miller Motorsport
0: has caused us the exclamation. It's down at the bottom of the hill at Turn 10 and the big beach down there at the end of what is effectively the back straight in the Amphitheatre and it looks like Stephen has looped that early in the piece and gone in backwards. The Cadillac is stuck. Yeah, it's exactly what he does, spun towards the inside of the corner. So the back end of that car has broken away on... Uh, either downshift or on turning into the left hander. It's looped anti-clockwise, so the back end coming around the front as he's turning into the left hander, and the back end still going quicker than the front. And then he's just rolled back into the uh, rolled back into the beach there. And just a few moments before that, coming down the hill towards the final corner the Liqui BMW getting a bit of hip and shoulder from the 912 Porsche. Earl Bamber possibly a little frustrated at being at the back as he was going into and through the final corner. So
2: that was um, robust in a free practice session, I would say there, Jeremy. Yes, yeah, not sure how necessary that was. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he might have held him up through the uh, through the turn 10, 10H 10 where, of course, there was a car stuck in the gravel, so you couldn't—you shouldn't, you shouldn't be expecting to push hard through there. So that was somewhat unnecessary, out of thought.
0: Yes, particularly when you're putting your car at risk as much as anybody else's. Yeah. Um, it is, um, you know, to coin the old phrase, it's practice, just <laughs> practice. Uh, right. Okay. So we've got a red flag. Uh, the. The timing is still running, so we're counting down, but our hard-working IMSA safety crews, the AMR Chevy safety pickup truck, is down there with the long strap on, so they don't get caught in the gravel trap, and Stephen Simpson with door open and visor up in the bright yellow Cadillac of JDC is now onto the grass, and the question will be now, will that car start under its own, of its own volition? Or will it need a tour back round? Dennis Paul, uh starter on the flag stand. Is that Dennis? Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, and he's holding the red flag. Hello, Dennis. Hello, Tony. Nice to know that you're listening to us on the PA and on 98.1 FM, which is the local frequency at Road Atlanta. Stevens' car does fire up. The big Cadillac V8 rumbles back to the pit lane. We'll stage the... EMR safety vehicle back to where it needs to be. And where it needs to be is probably about 15, 20 yards from where it ended up because its parking spot is just down there at the bottom of the hill at turn 10. And so that will reverse out of harm's way. And we should get underway with still about 45 minutes to go. Just like a little lack of rear end grip there, Jeremy, that put Stephen Simpson into... The gravel, uh, whether they're still messing about with rear downforce and uh, uh, levels of grip on the back end and suspension, etc., or whether he just was a little bit uh, trying to take a little bit too much speed in there, not sure, but no damage to the car, it would seem, as we go back great.
2: Indeed, and and I'm sure one of the reasons why he didn't just fire it up and drive back, drive drive out again is he didn't want to get uh, that gravel anywhere else in that car than it kind of needed to be. That's one of the problems. I'd like to see the that that big gravel trap there a lot of it paved over. Quite frankly, it's uh, it it causes way too many red flags. I think at this stage. I mean, it's, it's, it's there's an uphill section afterwards cars if they're out of control will scrub off a bit of a bit, bit of quite a bit of speed uh, i think the probably can be uh, just lessened a little bit a bit more bit more of a runoff area with suitable high curbs to to dissuade people from 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 using that uh, that extra runoff area but you know i think uh, that's one of the factors this track there i think that's why stephen simpson didn't yeah, drive that car out again because uh, it's much easier to get towed out, nice and nice and easily. Uh, no, no, no extra damage caused by the gravel that can go anywhere in the engine bay.
0: Yeah, and no choice but to throw the red once he wasn't moving out of there because it, as soon as you bring out a safety vehicle from behind the wall, even in a free practice session, um, certainly in the US, pretty much everywhere in the world now, as soon as you've got circuit vehicles anywhere other than the Nürburgring, where they use code 60s, then you are going to get a red flag before you put people in harm's way. And I don't have an issue with that. It was dealt with very quickly and efficiently. We lost less than 10 minutes, fewer than 10 minutes uh, of the session. One thing I I, I will say about IMSA in particular, but I've noticed it in a a number of the North American series, that as soon as the safety vehicles are gone um, or are about to go, you know if you've got a circuit like road america that's four miles around and you've got a problem uh, at the carousel let's say or let's say canada corner then as soon as the safety truck has got uh, rolling and you know how far it's got to go you can start rolling people out the pit lane because by the time it gets to where it's going to go uh, it's it's cleared out of the off the circuit long before any traffic comes round and i, and I think that's you know that's really really sensible officiating from race control they know how long it's going to take for people to get back to the place of safety, and how long it's going to take to get people on the outlap. And it might seem like small margins, Jeremy, but you know that might make the difference, particularly at the end of a session, between getting, well, actually, between getting a flying lap in and not getting a flying lap in.
2: Yeah, absolutely. No, definitely. You know smart move there, and you know everything worked there, absolute perfection. Probably only cost maybe, maybe three or four minutes, certainly a lot less than ten. I think they did a really good job, as always. And uh, you know the track's clean. Uh, hopefully the number 85 car isn't uh, is none the worse for wear. They'll have a check through and blow out any of that gravel that did get stuck uh, under between the under tray and the kind of hard working bits, let's say. Uh, and then hopefully we get that car back out on track again. Good. Interesting. That's one of the cars number 85 that is running only two drivers this weekend: Stephen Simpson and the young Brazilian Matthias lace driving that car Chris Miller not driving this weekend which is surprising he normally does the long distance races but Chris I know has been having some problems uh, in terms of driving a car particularly with his shoulders having a lot of shoulder pain uh, driving that car yeah. so he's elected not to drive this weekend
0: at IMSA radio if you'd like to get back in or get in touch with us 74 is rumbling again can't miss the sound of those uh, AMG GT threes, really good sound to that. And when you've got that and a Cadillac in a DPI in close proximity, well, you're going to feel it in your stern. And Bed Keating is taking over the Riley Motorsports number 74 car, and he's in 10th position at the moment on a 121. Or at least the car's best is a 121 at point three. At the top of 109.2, Philippe Albuquerque is now behind the wheel of the number 31 wheel and engineering Cadillac. A little cast in the pits in the seven accurate team Penske in second uh, by seven tenths of a second now. And then as further, let's call it seven tenths of a second because it nearly is Oli Pla for Mazda Motorsports uh, in uh, the uh, Multimatic car, the Mazda DPI. That's the 77. there's joao Barbosa, Mon- Barbosa for Mustang Sampling and the JDC road car that is in 4th position. Just put 0.062 back so the top, what, six, Jeremy within a second and a half now with Juan Montoya out for Acura in the number 6 in 5th position, sorry, top 5 in a second and a half.
2: Yeah, that's right. You take away those those, those top t- uh, top the top two, uh, and yeah, yeah, the rest of the other six that's cars, are, are, are the other five cars, because we haven't seen the number ten car have we out in this session? Not that hasn't turned a representative lap yet, so must be some problems there. I think at the Conoco-Monalta uh, Cadillac. But the other the other the other five cars there, as you say, just within uh, what three or four tenths of a second, super tight there.
0: Felt share might have been going to uh, give us some answers to that, but we're keeping a. Iron uh, that Madison Snow in the pits of the GTD, spot on the hour. So, three o'clock at Road Atlanta, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, 98.1 FM for those of you at the track enjoying the hot land today. It is a corker, 32 degrees in the air, 48 degrees on the, the track Celsius. That is no wind to talk about at all, and still. 39 minutes to go in this Free Practice 2 session which is live on IMSA Radio and thanks again to everyone up at Charlotte NASCAR Productions for making sure that we can see all the way around the track for this session we will bring you full sound and vision coverage whether you're in the US or further afield for qualifying later on today Uh, that is no blocks no breaks for you And then, of course, the race tomorrow, if you're in the US, NBCSN will have the coverage for you. If you're in an area that doesn't have a TV deal, then, of course, via IMSA.TV or the player at radio-show.co.uk. And wherever you are, if you are moving around, and appreciate it is a Saturday, and you don't want to use up so much data, or maybe you haven't got the bandwidth, or maybe you're driving the car and you shouldn't be watching it on your phone, I am, I'm looking at you, you know who you are, uh, then just stick it on the speakers with your Bluetooth or put it on your phone speaker and that's on RS2 or on Sirius XM as well for the WeatherTech race which is Saturday, remember here from Road Atlanta and thank you to Sirius XM for once again loaning us the airwaves for IMSA Radio and also just confirmed again the continuation of what's been a long term agreement to Air uh, the whole of Saturday and Sunday's output from Haggerty Radio Le Mans uh, on uh, at the middle weekend of September. So if you're in the States and moving around then with no network TV coverage, I know it's sometimes difficult to follow the great race in the States, well, Sirius XM have got you covered from that. And again, that will also be uh, on our web player too. So let's see, are there any improvements? Oh, yes, there are. yes. Uh, we have got in new time for the best in LMP2. That's the PR1 Matheson Motorsport LMP2. And sitting in eighth overall, Jeremy, 111.9.
2: Yep, that's uh, Scott Halfaker. The youngster has just, uh, just beaten the time that was set a little while ago by Patrick Kelly, who's been absolutely stellar, hasn't he? Patrick Kelly. He's had uh, uh, three starts in the him to the Tech Sports Car Championship. He's got two poles. This, this will be his third start, so he'll be uh, trying to get another pole uh, a little bit later this afternoon. Uh, two poles, two wins, and it really probably should have been three, if not for the problems that they had last time out at uh, Road America, where the car was looking really good at the head of the class before the, before the rainstorm hit.
0: Yes. Uh, hello. He's, actually, he's been stellar. Oh, yeah, no. Very, very impressive. Very, very... Uh, very, very impressive indeed. The other car uh, in that class is Dave Merriman from Era Motorsport. Dwight.
2: Uh, sorry, Dwight Merriman. Dwight. What did I say? I yes, he did, did only a few laps this morning, um, and uh, and was late out in this session as well with that with the Era Motorsport car. I
0: can add uh, but on he's done
2: 11 laps now. Jolly good shape, thank you.
1: Unfortunately, he got lost trying to find the pit lane, Jeremy. And instead of turning right to go out, he turned left and parked at the conic Minolta Business Center.
0: But but he got but yeah, all of his copying and faxing done, which was great. Splendid. Yeah, exactly. good. Saved saved. Look
2: on the bright side.
0: Yeah, saved him going downtown and, and finding a you know a king
2: course or whatever. Number 52 cars has already done 26 laps in this session. Number 18 has done only 11. Yeah. yeah. But Dwight Merriman, Dwight Merriman, he he's done a really really good job lately. He's just getting quicker and quicker and quicker from New York State. He yeah, doesn't have a lot of experience. He's been uh, he's a software engineer, uh, which is. Kind of coincidental when when we when you compare him to Patrick Kelly, who's a creative director for um, for for various uh, uh, various uh, vi- video games such as Call of Duty and Modern Warfare. But Dw- Dwight Merriman, you uh, started Radical Racing just three years ago. Uh, he's a regular at the Monticello country club up in upstate New York but he's run a really good job this season just as I say getting quicker and quicker and quicker and he's done three races now and had three third place finishes he's going to do better than that uh, in the race tomorrow isn't he? Yes he has to (laughs) yes (laughs) Uh, and Dwight I think
0: Dwight Merriman's going to Le Mans here isn't he as well?
1: He is. He and his co-driver, Kyle Tilley, are going to be sharing a car with Edex Sport, uh, running over for the 24 Hours Le Mans. It's quite the adventure for those two. Sort of the, hey, this would be fun. Why don't you try driving an LMP2 car? Okay, says Dwight. So he and Kelly uh, put together a full program, he and uh, Kyle Tilley. They put together a program about five weeks before the Rolex. Then it was, hey, you should come run Le Mans. Okay, <laughs> so it's a very open-minded sort of book. I really like Dwight, and I really like Kyle,
0: too. Yeah, that never happens. I was about to say that never happens to me, that somebody says, hey, why don't we? And uh, But I have got a bit of a tale of war that that, that Jeremy will appreciate. I got offered a, a TCR drive in the Nürburgring 24 hours, uh, which, which I've had to turn down. Uh, for, for a number of reasons, yes, I know. Uh, for a number of reasons. Not least the fact that I haven't got a permit to go and do it, although my oh. licence is, is there, but I haven't done the requisite number of laps and there aren't any races there. Um, but I am likely to be busy uh, that weekend <laughs> on June <laughs> because, you know, we've been committed to covering the Nürburgring 24 for, for quite a while. But um, thank you, Peter Kate, for, for the offer. And I'm, I am actually... Uh, I am drinking a cup of Trigofan tea at the moment to keep me going through uh, this session, one oh. of Peter's long-time uh, supporters um, and Peter Kidd determined to keep his run of, of driving at the Nürburgring 24 going uh, no works Aston's there this year for Peter to drive in and that's where I've driven with Peter in the past of course uh, for, for Aston uh, but he's got a Golf TCR uh, programme there so if there's anybody listening who has a Nurburgring permit and fancies of running a competitive TCR car, uh, then find Peter because I'm sure he'd like to hear from you. And besides which, he'll give you a good cup of tea as well.
2: John, John, I'm sure getting a permit is that is a problem at this late stage. But but what better place to commentate on than actually out uh, on the racetrack? You know, technically co-
0: technically quite difficult, I would have thought, uh, Jeremy.
2: <laughs> hey, where there's a will, there's a way.
0: Yeah, yes. It, it, <laughs> There the, the might, the might have been qu- quite a, quite a lot of ooh, ah, ooh, ooh. <laughs> what are you sure. doing? Why, why are you going through there like that?
2: Uh, hey, I'll, I'll man the beep button. How about that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just, just latch it. Latch it all the time. <laughs> uh, or, or just basically tighten my mask up so much that all oh, you hear is. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Anyway, let's get back to the last half an hour here. Uh, and uh, that is how much we've got going in FP2. But a bonus Friday coverage for you. Still to come. Sound and vision of qualifying. Another fastest lap for Ryan Briscoe for the Coninkham and Not the Cadillac DPI VR racing team. Number 10, the glossy black Cadillac, as we shorten oh, it to. That's out there. Uh, it is yeah. out there, sixth position, uh, and it's now done uh, it's turned some laps, which is good news for everybody. In fact goes to third position on its seventh lap, a one ten, zero six five. Oli Jarvis has just gone back out as well for the seventy seven Mazda, the, the multimatic car. Where's his teammate? Where is the other? Bottom. Ah yeah, alright. Okay. So that one we're waiting to see. Still at 109.248 for the 31 wheeling. Bent white Cadillac is the best. Time Good to see ahead. the
2: number 10 car getting up to speed there, John, as you say. And the other car that's also had a problem earlier in this session is number 63 Scuderia Corsa Ferrari. Oh, yes. Jeff Westfall is out on the track now. He's turned uh, eight laps now and getting that car up to speed, having had that boost problem that Shea was Describing to us earlier in this session, so I think we've we've got now all of the cars um, out, or, or at least available to run on the racetrack at the moment. With about half an hour remaining in this session, and uh, good to see. By the way, in GTD, uh, we've got what forty half an hour to go in this session. But where's my, where are we? Is it is it only 15 minutes to go for GTD? Correct. Yeah. Yes, fine. Uh, and Richard Westbrook has just got behind number, the wheel of the number 11 car. That's the GRT Grasser Racing Lamborghini car number 11. Great to see Westy back in action, having uh, been one of the quite a few drivers to be a- out of a job at the end of last year.
0: Yeah, and uh, Westy also has picked up a ride for Le Mans as well, Shit. So that ultimate plug-and-play accessory is jumping into an Aston Martin?
1: Yes, he's joining the Dane Train. He's an honorary right, member the of, of five, the yeah. Dane Train.
2: Yeah, yeah uh,
1: and there was actually a, a bit of funny banter back and forth because Westy hasn't driven the Lamborghini before today. This is a new exper- experience for him. So he tweeted that he was back and he was happy to be back and uh, there was a comment respond from Brian Sellers, another Lamborghini driver who was saying, you know, oh, we're so happy to have you back. And then the response was, oh, great, because I, would, I want some advice from you about how to drive this car. And Sellers said something about, oh, it, it does really well when you get off the throttle really early into the corner <laughs> and then really late back on the throttle at corner exit. It's just amazing how much lap time you get.
0: Yes, and the band played Believe It, if you like, yeah. uh, as the old saying goes, into the pits for Felipe Albuquerque. Uh, and that Cadillac still atop the timing screen from Accurate Team Penske number seven, Ricky Taylor driving that. Then the glossy black number 10, and they're separated by eight tenths of a second, those three on a second uh, from the leader. Shraud Barbosa's in the pits for Mustang sampling in the five car. Uh, Then it's Juan Montoya, 1.3 seconds away from the lead, 1.4, Ollie Jarvis for Multimatic. Uh, And then Mateus Least for GDC Miller. He's in the 85 car. And that car's once 1.7 off the lead. GT Le Mans, still the two Corvettes, separated by actually three and a half tenths now. Garcia from Tommy Milner. Nick Tandy getting a run in the number 911 Porsche. Just 0.097 away from the two Corvettes. Uh, And Nick Tandy named in an LMP2 Lineup is a bit stellar for Le Mans uh, later on this month as well, Shay. So, no American GT teams, uh, works teams going over. So, not the Corvettes and not the North American Porsche GT squad. But Nick Tandy then uh, with a free weekend in the middle of September has been drafted into uh, an LMP 2 squad that really does have a chance of victory
1: not too shabby, is it? Uh, and I do have to wonder, His one of his teammates in the uh, G-Drive racing by Algarve will be none other than Oliver Jarvis, driver of the number 77 Mazda DPI. So I'm wondering if maybe Ollie's going to leave Nick a little more room on track this weekend and hope that it creates their working relationship a little bit better. But that duo also joined by Ryan Cullen. And to be honest, John, I'm going to have to sit down with a piece of paper and write down all the drivers in the race this weekend who are also taking part in the mall because we've got a fair few.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of IMSA driver interest plus a couple of teams going over as well. Hello to Daniel. He says I'm sitting in my cube trying to take precise measurements, uh, hearing impressions of heindorf trying to commentate driving the N24. It's pretty difficult to do any work when I'm bent over, double in laughter. Well, I pleased me, pleased me, Entertained you Daniel, thanks for tuning in at IMSA Radio for the whole weekend. Uh, and in sound and vision later on today for the qualifying session, uh, check our front page at radio-show.co.uk for the times uh, of our broadcast. They'll auto-convert to your browser times or imsa.com has all the details as well. And uh, that's available in the US, uh, free with no blocks or breaks, as well as worldwide, our qualifying show, as it always is, with vision from road atlanta as well second in gtd pat Long, for wright motorsports rocking the uh, two-tone blue actually three-tone blue uh, livery that they have again this weekend they've gone to that they did have the plaid livery earlier on in the season uh, he needs to find about a tenth and a quarter tenth and a third to improve t bell townsend bell in third position for lexus at the moment 0.022 of a second then mario farmbacker just going out from msr with kerb Agajanian in the acura nice spread of manufacturers lamborghini porsche lexus acura bmw in the top five with dylan McAvan now behind the wheel of the number 96 car and that, that, again, that is going to be an absolute bare-knuckle fight, Jeremy Short, in GT Daytona, exactly as we would expect.
2: Yeah, it, is, you know, it's, it always is, isn't it? And uh, it's super competitive in GT Daytona. So, sorry not to see the McLaren out again this weekend across the Compass Racing Team. But that's just doing the... the uh... WeatherTech Sprint Cup GTD season, Correct. so not the long-distance races, uh, but uh, all, all the other manufacturers represented here. Uh, the the uh, Aston is out again as well, as we talked about earlier on, the heart of racing car number 23, so it's going to be a stellar fuel. It's going to be tremendous competition.
0: Great to hear the sounds of race cars through turn one, heading up the hill. Uh, GTD, GTD, and then the two Porsches. So two front-engine GTD cars with the Liqui Turner car followed by one of the Lexus and then the two Porsche GTLMs unable to drag past that aim Vasa Sullivan Lexus on the front straight and then having to follow through the S's and now on the run from turn 5 to turn 6 they pull out drivers left and well the 912 2 has got through with El Bamba at the wheel, team car of Nick Tandy just waiting for another corner or so as they exit turn 7 are on the back straight with uh, blue sky, little white fluffy, almost Simpsons type clouds from the start of the cartoon series. If you know that, you know what I mean. That's exactly what it looks like. (laughs) Just needs the script in the sky. I can hear it playing in my head. And Tandy struggling on top speed to get by that Litma Molly BMW, which now has that still got uh, Robbie at the wheel? Who was driving that when it came out? Ah, Dylan McIverne, of course, we put in that, yeah. So that uh, Liqui Moly car is uh, no slouch in a straight line. It's not as straightforward as at some other tracks here to get by because the GTD cars run a little bit less aero, so they are pretty quick down the tubes, down the long, fast parts of the Road Atlanta. The problem is, in a lot of the twisty bits, Jeremy, like down through the S's, which is where Dillamarchian is now, it really is only one line for GT cars. A a prototype might be able to go offline and go around the outside, but a GT LM on a GTD, that's getting a bit more dicey.
2: It is, and we've, we've, as a result of that, we've seen a whole series of crashes over the years just because of that. Uh, so that's somewhere where the prototype drivers, they've got to be patient, basically, and the uh, just let the GTDs and or and GTLMs get on with their own job through there, follow them, and then overtake them coming out of Turn 5. Uh, if you get greedy there, it, it ends up it generally ends up in tears. But uh, it's super to see this Turner Motorsport team doing well again here. What a weekend they had at VIR uh, last time out with winning not only that, uh, that milestone 61st win for Bill Oberlin, but also winning in the Michelin Pilot Challenge Series as well. Tremendous weekend for Turner Motorsport.
0: And if you didn't... And, of course,
2: they they won here last year as well. Yes. At the Petit Le Mans.
0: Uh, And if you haven't seen those uh, races, uh, YouTube, uh, the IMSA YouTube official channel, they're there with the IMSA radio commentary on, so uh, no blocks, flag-to-flag coverage at both of those races from VIR and the Michelin GT Challenge. Remember that we did not have the prototypes in the WeatherTech race last time out. It was the GT Le Mans and the GT D's only. Both of those races were absolute crackers and well worth a bit of your time. over what I know it's a busy weekend uh, for motorsport, but if you haven't caught them yet, even if you've seen the results, it's worth watching because uh, it, it was too very entertaining. They were too... Very entertaining races, which I suspect is what we'll get this weekend for the extended version. This is the Michelin Endurance Weekend, if you will. The Endurance Challenge at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta with a six-hour race on Saturday for this, the WeatherTech Championship, and a four-hour race on Sunday for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. BMWs out on the track. We've mentioned the GT Daytona. What about GT Le Mans. well Connor de Filippi has gone to the top of the times that wasn't in the Corvette script 117 one for Connor in the number 25 car yes he is in fifth splitting the two porches with uh, Porsches, not porches 117 uh, <laughs> 9 so the 24 the the black car comes around to complete the lap now but it's the white car the 24. That sits at sorry, the 25, the white car that sits on top of the timings with that 117 one, Jeremy, and that will be the source of uh, of some smiles down at RLL, Rehal Lettman and Lanigan who run those cars.
2: Well, it will, won't it? You're right. A good second place finish last time out for Bruno Spengler and Condi Filippi, and for Connor, yeah, he was on the podium. Uh, he, uh, here at uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta one year ago at Petit Le Mans, so Motul Petit Le Mans, so uh, it's a track that uh, Connor knows and likes uh, as does the BMW team so good to see that car at the top of the charts at 117. One good lap for Connor Di Filippi
0: Very good indeed and uh, what a month of August Rahal Letterman Lanigan had of course with Takuma Sato winning his um, second Indianapolis 500 and then backing that up just one f- a further or two further races later almost had the back-to-back victories straight after Indy 500 and uh, couldn't quite get that done but won the second of the races over the weekend. Uh, no, I ah, no, Joseph won that didn't he he came second and uh, second it, uh, to, yeah, uh, yeah.
2: It's, yeah you're right sato had a tremendous charge in the first race at gateway that was a, 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 a worldwide tech Worldwide technology raceway it is nowadays um always an interesting tra- race track isn't it that one that one and a tremendous run by sato he just came up a fractionally short at the end of that one but uh yeah great w- month for ray Hall, La- letterman Lanigan racing
0: yeah and they're the guys that run the bmws here in imza and hello to Piers Phillips and the rest of the team, Piers their director of competition and I know they've been working super hard because of all of their commitments and any organisation Jeremy who are present in a couple of series All their beautifully laid plans at the beginning of the year where they were looking to see, ah yes, that's good, we can use that for there and that for there and these resources for here because they don't clash and that's then there and then we can drive that to there. That's gone out the window now because with the big pause and then everybody getting back to racing at roughly speaking the same time, everybody is racing pretty much every weekend in every series.
2: Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's shuffled so many packs and make, made uh, creators some major headaches for a lot of people. But uh, here we are. And, you know, this, the, Rahul, the, the, the BMW Team RLL, it runs pretty much autonomously from the IndyCar team. And, you know, they're uh, a super slick organisation. So, you know, for them, not that big of a deal.
0: Yeah, surprisingly, uh, no Indy racing
2: until what October. But that's that much of a gap. Well, yeah. they, they, they might be racing next weekend, actually, uh, at Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, but that has yet to be confirmed, oddly. Yeah, um, they
0: haven't got that on their calendar, have they? Yes, I'd forgotten no. about it. I saw the IndyCar Harvest the GP race is the next one that's on the calendar.
2: Yeah, they're, still hoping, yeah, they're still hoping to go to, to Mid-Ohio. I, I think it's next weekend or possibly week after, before we go there now for, for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. But uh, like I say, they're still waiting for final confirmation. It's all kind of uh, to do with the protocols regarding um, COVID-19.
0: Yeah, and at Mid-Ohio in particular, it's about the state protocols for how many people can gather. And it's pretty certain that it will have to be behind closed doors, but it's whether the paddock counts as too many people Uh, for the state protocols uh, in uh, that area and these are the sort of things that the series have got to think about nowadays and it's caused uh, headaches I'm sure, not just here in the US but around the world Uh, and when you look at all of the major certainly even the European series, the regional series, never mind the international series uh, they've done a cracking job to get the bulk of their races off albeit it's meant that Drivers and, and sure you were talking about the drivers going to Le Mans. 16 drivers here going to Le Mans, and then potentially having to leave Le Mans on Sunday evening. I leave France on Sunday evening because that is the following weekend. Is the Mid Ohio race, and you know for some drivers they've had to the make hard choices between which of the series they thought they were going to be doing, you know, all of them. Oh, great, there's no clashes between Series A, Series B, and Series C. And they've had to make difficult choices. Yeah, well, 10 of the
1: 16 that would be running them would need to come back for the mid-Ohio weekend. But even beyond what we were talking about earlier, John, with you getting the, the offer for the Nürburgring ride, There's so many people in our paddock who every year do the Nürburgring 24-hour race who have had to eschew that because they have full season duties in the United States. So it really has been a scheduling nightmare for a lot of people. But I am hearing good things about some of the races that we were concerned about later in the year. So you never know. Things can change quickly.
0: Yeah, very good. And it is a fluid situation. Uh, Change in second position, 77, the Multimatic prototype. Uh, has gone in uh, second place, and then Pit Tristan Nunez behind the wheel, 109.865. Ricky Taylor now in third then for Acura in the seven. Kringa van der Zander has taken over the number 10 in fourth. In fifth, Jonathan Bomarito for the second. Now, that is the 55, so has done uh, 22 laps in this session and now scored in fifth. talking about that Bomberito Automotive 500 the 250 mile races at Gateway last weekend
2: and that is no uh, no relation no relation no 2Ms as well yes uh, a lot uh, of people ask uh, that yes yeah But that, that, yeah, Jonathan Bomarito just just uh, he, he just brought that car into the pits right now, but on the previous lap it was that he moved himself up into the fifth position. So we now got six cars covered by a hair over a second in DPI. So no improvement on that time set very early in this session by Pipa Durani in number 31 car. It's fastest of all at one minute, 9.248. That was set way back on lap 7 now completed 28 laps. Most laps completed in this session is by the PR1 Matheson Motorsports LMP2 car, car number 52. That's completed a whole 40 laps in this session. That's pretty good going, isn't it? Uh, And uh, Simon Trummer, the uh, latest to drive that car. I think that session is over now for uh, LMP2 and GTD. So it's, uh, but uh, 40 laps completed. Uh, And uh, it was, I think it was actually, yeah, it was Simon who did set the fastest time in LMP2 at
0: 111.570. Well, that's getting your money's worth, isn't it? You know, if you haven't yep. got much time out on the track, make sure you do uh, as many uh, uh, as you can. Um, we've been getting a few uh, questions uh, about the uh, Mia McLaren, the Motorsport in Action McLaren, uh, that uh, had a, a very nasty-looking fire in FP1 of the Michelin Pilot uh, Challenge uh, coming through, a few people asking on at IMSA Radio, uh, Shea Adams been chasing that up, I know that's not this session but because we're um, only going to be on air for the race for that we're keeping an eye on that at the same time and Shea has this VP Racing Field Pit and Paddock update
1: Well, since Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta has such a good PA system, and since the GTD and LMP2 cars are no longer out on track, uh, Corey Lewis, you might want to go check in with them because the (laughs) Mia McLaren is looking pretty good to be able to go back out for full practice too. that giant fire was caused by a fuel jug malfunction. So there was a lot of flame coming up underneath the car where the fuel had actually spilled out and then ignited due to the heat. The team is just making sure that everything is good, but they are hopeful that they can get the car back out today. That is a phenomenal effort by that crew. And keep in mind, and I know Jeremy will remember this because I sure do. In 2017, we were in the booth calling a practice session when there was a very loud thunk below us and the whole building shook pretty much. That was when one of their drivers at the time, it was Jesse Lazare had a really bad crash in practice, damaged the car, they got the car repaired and went on to win the race that weekend.
0: Ah, oh, that's magnificent. It looked very scary uh, indeed. We were watching that earlier on in the, uh, the first free practice session. Uh, a great amount of work. It, uh, it sounds as though that was external then, if it was a fuel flow, fuel, fuel uh, jug um, malfunction. What they'll be worried about is if there is anything they haven't found yet, and I presume they're checking things like wiring and all the safety equipment and things like that.
1: Exactly, because you'd never want to send a car back out that's not 100% perfect, at least within your control. So Eric Carab's boys and girls right now all across that car, they're paying attention to it and they are optimistic that the car will be out on the pit lane by 5.15 this afternoon.
0: You can follow the timing and scoring on IMSA.com for that. We'll bring you the race on Sunday, the extended uh, race distance, of course, one of two four-hour races for Michelin Pilot Challenge. Uh, we're inside the last 10 minutes here and a new fastest lap. Uh, Philippe Nasser for Wheeland Engineering now with a slightly quieter track with just the pro-class cars out there for TPI and GT Le Mans has brought the best time, Jeremy, down to 109.0, 109.023 for the pedants among us. Uh, and Renga van der Sander at 1099 is that car's fastest for the number 10 Cadillac up into third position. Uh, this, is, this is very interesting because it, this is almost like a qualifying sim for these guys.
2: Yeah, very much so now with uh, just uh, under uh, nine minutes remaining in this session, uh, as you say, a lot fewer cars are out on the racetrack with no lmp 2s or two of them. Nor the GTDs, so yeah, there's only a, a maximum of 14 cars out on the racetrack, so there's no excuse to, to be to have uh, traffic as an issue. Uh, so yeah, Felipe Nasr, their new fastest time, 109.0, the lap record again set by Felipe Nasr last year in qualifying, 108.4. So we've got another half a second or so to find uh, to match that. Also, new fastest time in GTLM, Konnydi Filippi has improved. In number 25, BMW, now 116.875.
0: So that in GT Le Mans is still BMW, Corvette, Corvette, Porsche, BMW, Porsche. Uh, and they are now separated by, let's see, so where are we? 7.8 to, so 1.2 seconds now separates the field in GT Le Mans. Sorry, having to do mental yeah. uh, arithmetic there. Um, so that okay I'll, I'll take that for the moment I, I i think we'll probably see them a bit closer than that in in qualifying which is the next session
2: yeah i would expect so john and for uh, jesse crone there in kind of number 24 fifth fastest in this session happy birthday Jesse's is uh dare you say it his 3-0 birthday today for the the finn he told me it was 2010
0: he said he wasn't going to say that number. It's That's 2010, exactly he right.
2: is. Good for him. I, 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 he and I are on the same planet. I did that for uh, many, many years. Uh, it gets a bit more difficult now. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I, yes, I'm right with him on that one. Uh, also, a birthday um, for, uh, where is it? Well, actually, yesterday was, was yesterday's birthday. Today is Patrick Kelly's birthday. That car, 50, number 52 car. Was uh, quickest in the LMP2 category, and it was Patrick's Patrick's birthday today. Another couple of birthdays coming up: Cooper McNeil on Monday, and Matthias Laced on Tuesday. You know, Mateus's 22nd birthday on Tuesday. Young Brazilian. Stop it! It just
0: <sighs> yeah. I have to I I have to now do that um, that French thing where you add up twenties. Um so two two twenties. Uh and so it's, I'm twenty twenty and a few more. Uh Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I remember when I was the big three 0 certainly wasn't uh, driving i uh, was I just tr- put down the license then for driving nice cars. Maybe yeah, maybe I did actually. Yeah, I must have had. Um must have. In comes Ricky Taylor in the at your Team Penske he certainly wasn't uh, driving at the level that these guys are. And it amazes me when we talk about some of the teenagers and uh, early 20s and the kind of experience that they have. Some of the uh, young drivers that uh, that you keep an eye on, Jeremy, for Team USA. The kind of maturity that we see both in and out of the car by late teenagers, mid to late teenagers now, it's extraordinary.
2: It is impressive, isn't it? Yeah, so you know, even at 15, 16-year-olds nowadays can uh, can sound like 20, early 20s. Yeah, very veterans.
0: Impressive. Veterans.
2: It's so important, isn't it? I mean, communication is massively important for young drivers if they're going to be able to make a career out of the sport, and being able to talk properly uh, is just you know one of the tasks which they got to excel at.
0: A bit of a, an issue at turn What's seven for six? that's Lawrence vanter uh, goes to do a bit of exploring on the grass. That was uh, last lap around, and he's still trying to get the worst of the Red Georgia clear off the Michelin tyres. His teammate uh, Nick Tandy improved last time around to a 117.6. It doesn't move him up at all uh, because he's now only 0.055 behind the two Corvettes. Uh, they're still half a second, or thereabouts, behind the BMW of Conor de Filippi. That who's in the pits now, that, that's a solid time for Conor de 16 16.8 was his best before he pitted Jeremy, I, I wonder if how much more there is to come from that because we we never really know until the later stages of qualifying for GTLM who's showing what, uh, pace there
2: we don't. Uh, last year, it was a Ferrari, which was not present here this weekend. James Collado who was on pole position at 1.15.6, so uh, a second and more quicker than the best time we've seen so far in GTLM. And remember, we're when we talk about last
0: year, this race wasn't here last year. This is the Watkins Glen race meeting. Uh, but when we talk about this time last year or this race last year, we're about the Motul Patilamon meeting, which we will still have. This race does not replace Patilamon. It is in addition to PLM, which is in October. And always a great run out towards the end of the season. But of course, we do have Mobile One, 12 hours of Sebring to round off the season in November this year because of the changes to the calendar and fair play to John Doonan and the rest of the team at IMSA are hoping to hear a little more news about the end of the season and 2021 shortly as well, in fact didn't I see, Sheer, you will have seen this that next Wednesday uh, just before Midweek Motorsport there's, there's going to be uh, a press conference from John State of the
1: Sport, Wednesday, September 9th at 2 p.m. ET. So it will be 2021 schedule announcements and series enhancements. So there will be a link sent out. So right now we don't know how to watch it, but we will.
0: Uh, and uh, for those perhaps who can't uh, watch, we'll uh, make some representations. We normally broadcast those things when and where we can uh, on IMSA radio radio. That's just before our Midweek Motorsport show on RS1, which is a weekly show for two hours every Wednesday at 3 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock in the UK. So we can put that out there and uh, maybe run some comment on that as well. we we'll get some more details over the weekend. We'll let you know. But clearly, um, still some decisions, potentially some tough decisions to be made about 2021, I had a, a very interesting chat with Tony Stewart at the weekend, the uh, NASCAR uh, Cup team owner, as well as uh, IndyCar, or uh, it would have been um, Champ Car, wouldn't it, in those days? Uh, champion irl thank you, uh, champion and NASCAR champion. Just, just about the situation for the business of motor racing. Uh, as, uh, away from the sport and you know he said to me quite bluntly in a, a, a really honest interview she, I know you were watching that as well when we did that um at the weekends that you know even if we got to the stage whereby the 31st of December uh, COVID was gone completely it was never going to b- bother us again there was a vaccine whatever which is you know highly unlikely let's be honest but he wasn't making a political statement about that he said even if it was gone um we wouldn't be able to just flick the switch and go back to exactly how it was in the early part of the year. That businesses and motor racing teams and series, our businesses, like any other business, are going to take some while to recover totally. And, and Tony said a couple of seasons here, didn't he? He was quite candid about that. He said possibly two, two or three seasons before everything gets back to normal the way it was before the big pause.
1: Yeah, and and even beyond looking at sponsorships and and whatnot that extends well beyond the world of NASCAR, per se, they've changed the way that they do their weekends as the Czech flag comes out. They now basically show up and race. No practices, no qualifying, no nothing. And it works! It's awesome!
0: So I It's getting that. a
1: lot more people back interested in stock car racing, which is something that they've been striving for for a long time. So perhaps it never is going to go back to the way it was because totally. the way that they've made it to
0: kind of work, kind of works. Well, and Jeremy, that's the way you go racing. When you go out and jump car, you turn
2: up, <laughs> you go out,
0: and you, you do a bit of a practice, and then you're Do you do any practice at all? Or do you sometimes go in the race?
2: No, normally we have a test. Generally, a test day, the day before, which is... Uh, I, 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 I'm not sure. I, I don't like actually just going straight into a race. Apart from anything else, anybody for rookies or teams or drivers coming into the sport, it makes it virtually impossible to uh, to to get anywhere near where you where you really should be, let alone where you'd like to be. So uh, no, I, I, I'm not sure I agree with that one. But um, I, I like the fact that yeah, I think what we got now with these two-day schedules uh, for IMSA, same with IndyCar, uh, so they do have some practice and a qualified session that, for me, is is much more preferable. So that's next Wednesday. A couple, couple of good improvements there towards the end of that session, though, John.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just a quick reminder that that's ne- next Wednesday, State of the Sport, 2 o'clock Eastern. Uh, keep an eye on for that. Uh, improvements in GT Le Mans right at the end for the 25 BMW. So Conor de Felipe came in and handed that car to Bruno Spengler. A 116.8 for Bruno. And no, no, no!
2: It was Connor's time.
0: I was up. Sorry, Bruno just went. I, I see. Sorry, I see. Yes, uh, one seventeen three. That was an improvement for Van Toor, though up the second, Jeremy.
2: Correct. It was. Yeah. Finally, he kept it on the track that time. and uh, was able <laughs> to improve that time. He's still out there now. Actually, he still came up. Oh, he's coming in now. Okay, fine. Yes, he has already taken the checkered flag. To, but it, so yes, up into second place there for Lawrence Van but almost half a second down on that lap time set by Conor Di a little while ago. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's it. His... And then the rest, of the, the, the other cars in, in GTLM, you know, covered by milliseconds.
0: Yeah, very close indeed beyond that. Into the pit lane then for the 9-1-2. So finishing up that session with just the pro cars out, Wheeland lead Conic and Minolta. So 31 from 10 from the Multimatic uh, 77 Mazda in third. Then Mustang sampling... Corvette, Corvette, sorry, Cadillac in fourth. Those four uh, make it the top five because Harry Tinknell, uh, within eight tenths of a second, nine tenths of a second takes you back to sixth position for Acura team Penske in the number six car. His teammate Ricky Taylor came in in seventh, still only nine tenths away from the fastest time. So the top seven on the same second in DPI LMP2. PR1 Matheson Motorsport from Aero Motorsport, 52 from 18, uh, separated by ooh, a little bit there, seven tenths of a second. And then BMW 25 from Porsche 912, Corvette 3, BMW 24. So there must have been an improvement there as well uh, to split the BMW, to split the Corvettes, because Nick Tandy's now ahead of Tom Milner, who finishes down in sixth position. 25, 9, 1, 2, 3, 24, 9, 11, and 4. And in GT Daytona, they were off the track earlier on. Uh, the top time went to GRT Grasser Lamborghini number 11, from the 16-right Motorsport Porsche, just a tenth of a second or so, even less than that between Wright and Ian Vassar Sullivan, 12, the Lexus, then the Acura from uh, Meierschamp Racing, the 86 car, again, just a tenth or so further back. Top five made up by another different manufacturer. This is the BMW of Turner Motorsport, the number 96 in the top six. Uh, the first repeat is the second of the Accuras, the number 57 car. No major issues for anybody out there except early on for the number 20, not for the number 63. Um, but Cooper McNeil and the overboost problem for the Scuderia Corsa Ferrari did get fixed, did turn some laps, and actually finished up in seventh position. Happy with that, Jeremy?
2: Yes, absolutely right. Yeah, I think it was a fun session. Interesting to me that uh, virtually all of the GTLM cars were out there towards the end uh, and setting almost identical times, with the exception of Condi Filippi, who set his time probably 15 minutes or so ago uh, at the front of the field improvements there right at the end for Tristan Nunez in third position Sebastian Bourdais in fourth yeah I think the whole thing bodes really really well can't wait for qualifying in what a couple of hours or so's time
0: and that is the next time we'll be on air with you at Road Atlanta on 98.1 FM we'll stay on the air on RS2 IMS radio thanks to Tim Gray our executive producer in our control room in London to Alex and the team up in Charlotte from NASCAR Productions for making sure that uh, we saw all of the pictures. And of course, to my co-commentators, Shea Adam, our uh, VP Racing Fuel Pit and Paddock reporter. And Jeremy Shaw, joined me, John Hindhoff, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast centre. The responsible adult was as ever, Eve Hewitt. We'll be back on RS2 in plenty of time for sound and vision coverage of the WeatherTech Sportscar Championship qualifying. Uh, That's in a couple of hours' time from Road Atlanta. Bye for now.
2: This programme is a radio show limited production.
0: Tell your friends there's more at RadioLamont.com.